Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Desert Streaming, and I'm your host, Marco Casanova, and I'm here with Cheryl Allen. Cheryl, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. So Cheryl is the founder and executive director of the Pasadena International House of Prayer, Pasadena, California, that is. And it is, it's an amazing, amazing organization that prays open, opens their doors for 24 hours for six days a week. It's just an incredible, incredible ministry that we at Desert Stream have been able to intersect with in the past couple of years. And it's been such a joy. And so Cheryl, to have you on the podcast is a gift. I feel like you're a family, you're a family member of Desert Stream. <laughs> Andrew uh, and I have been able to do some really good ministry pursuits with you in the last in the last month. So <clears throat> it's been such a gift. But Cheryl, just wanted to open up by really asking, like, how how did you what what grabbed you into this very particular niche of work, you know, <laughs> opening doors for 24 hours for six days a week to offer prayer and praise to, to the Lord? Like what, what grabbed you into this? Um, I mean, that's a good question. Um, I think I was roped into it. No, I, <laughs> the, the Lord, <laughs> I mean, he, he, he was putting little nuggets inside of me to long for this. And part of it was just a desire to see reformation, like to wow. see a transformation in a city, in a region. And when I found out that prayer is as as powerful or even more powerful than political lobbying mm. i was like oh sign me up i'm interested so i started small like i would just go to prayer meetings maybe once once a week yeah. twice a week and then as i uh, the vision came to that there could be day and night worship like there was in the days of David, mm. like there is in heaven yeah. and that that could be something that the church could pursue together. Um, I've always had a heart for the unity of the bride. And yeah. so this just fit and I'm so grateful. Yeah. Wow. We don't, we're not open 24 hours though. I do okay. want to throw that in there. Oh, we're open. Man. Yeah. 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 False advertisement. <laughs> People do not show up 24 hours a day. All right. <laughs> Eight in the morning till midnight. So almost we've That's been amazing. open 24 hours, but yeah, it's been amazing. We have a hundred about 20 churches represented in our worship and prayer wow. um, from the LA region. So yeah, such a beautiful thing that the Lord's done. And Cheryl, it's kind of unique because uh, it's not, this isn't like not, for those who are listening and maybe Catholic and maybe don't really no, obviously Catholics go to this, uh, these prayer yeah. rooms like here in Kansas City and there in Pasadena. But um, I think when people hear this, they probably think, oh, is this like another, just a denomination thing? But you're 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 like there's all different denominations that come to your prayer room, right? Yes. Yeah, actually. So it's not pandemic, like a Sunday. It's not like a Sunday worship service per se. No, we well, it would be really helpful if we did Sunday morning. It would help us financially, but we don't do <laughs> sure. it. Sure. And the reason we don't do it is because we want the whole bride to be a part of it. So we have, during the Love pandemic, that. I think we gained like five Catholic worship leaders. We have plenty of Catholic singers. Yeah. Now we have both. So it's been really amazing. That is so cool. That is so cool. And you, you've you spent a lot of time here in Kansas City, huh? Just being formed in this, in this culture. I of have. That's, yes. I'm so grateful. Um, I think the first time I went was September of 2000. Okay. And then I think I went 15 times in wow. three years. 
Wow. Yeah, this is when it was small. There was only about 100 people involved. Maybe it was a little bigger than that. But um, and then um, have gone. Yeah, for the last 20 years. And I mean, let's let's just say it like getting a place in Pasadena, California is probably miraculous. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like a storefront yeah. in a beautiful yeah. part of the country. Um, like obviously the Lord really likes you because he's made a way <laughs> or something like this. I mean, the you, it, people it's you need gorgeous. to visit, it's beautiful. Yeah. And Cheryl, yeah. it has like your beautiful feminine touch. It's awesome. <laughs> it's like warehouse Thanks. meets like beautiful light fixture chandelier. It's awesome. It's like, so uh, cool. it's chic. Thanks. It's awesome. But yeah, tell us like, how, how did the Lord make a way for that? Like, that's pretty big. Yeah, it's a miraculous story. Um, I just remember we were we had been in a very small room, uh, continuing to pursue uh, house of prayer, doing daily prayer meetings, but we were a little too noisy for the people that we were in, and so they kicked us out. And so we were in transition, and the Holy Spirit had told me, "Do not look for a building for a month." Wow! And if I had looked for a building, I would have been very discouraged because there, you know, it's about four dollars a square foot even mm, then whoa. i mean in 2005 so 2006 so i um i waited and then he at the beginning of the month said he, it's a fun story but i won't go into it but it, he he told me to go up a certain street mm. i was a little discouraged because i'm like that's altadena jesus and he's wow. like just go up like and i see this building and it was 88 cents a square foot and when we would expand into the next building, it was 55 cents a square foot. And I was like, <laughs> these things are unheard of in Whoa. Pasadena. So it's, I definitely feel like it was saved for us. That's amazing. Sure. I don't yeah. know if I told you this story, but the first time I visited uh, the house of prayer there, it was yeah. December of 2019. And before I left, I got on the plane to, to go there. Uh, I saw this house in Brookside, right outside of Kansas City. And the house market, the house housing market was crazy. It was one of seven offers, and one of the the offers was a cash offer. And I'm like, "There's no way I'm going to get this house," you know, like. But yeah. I felt from the Lord, like I want to put it. I want to put an offer on it. Like I, I really felt like a. It was the Lord. I don't know. I loved it. I, I thought, man, I could, I can see myself raising a family here. So I thought, I'm just going to do it. You know, like I'm going to, whatever. I'm just going to put a, an offer on. It was the only house that I actually put an offer on. It was the only house that I saw and I saw like a vision through it, you know? And yeah. so I'm on the plane, I'm signing all these documents on the way to Pasadena. Right. And then the morning of the conference, I get the call and uh, that I'm like one of the last three, like just Whoa. last three. So I'm like, okay, this is big. So I'm praying in the spirit. I'm like, come on, Lord. Like, and I saw this image of the Rembrandt prodigal, you know, the prodigal son, Rembrandt, this, you, you, know, you know what painting I'm yes. talking about? Yes. Okay. We so have it. We have I it here. know. Well, this is part of my story. <laughs> so I see, and I hadn't been there. I hadn't been to your place yet. So no. I see this image and I'm like, okay, Lord, if I get this house, I kind of made a deal with the Lord. If I get this house, I'm going to put this image at the entryway of my house. Like I, I just know exactly where I would put it. 
and I, I want this to be a, a refuge for like prodigals. I don't know. I just kind of made this exclamation in the spirit. So then I get a call, honestly, not, not long after that. And, and they are like, you got it. You got the house. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And then Andrew Comiskey was like, all right, hurry up. This is amazing. Thank you, Jesus. But we, Cheryl Allen's waiting for us at Pihop. <laughs> so then we get in the car and I walk into your place and I see this beautiful image of Rembrandt's prodigal as soon as I walk in. And I'm like, oh my God. Gosh, this is too much. So honestly, your your house of prayer has a special place in my heart. <laughs> oh, I love that. I didn't even know that story. And I want to tell you something that's going to even make it better. The person who gave us that was Jonathan Hunter. No way. <laughs> yeah. oh gosh, that is so fun. Isn't that? This is yeah. too much. That is so The product cool. of Desert Stream gave us that. <laughs> That is honestly, Cheryl, when I walked in and I saw that painting, I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> like, you you know, when the Lord just kind of intersects so many things. Yeah, I like love this, that. It's so cool. So, but Cheryl, uh, anyway, so just back to kind of Desert Stream and Pie Hop. Yes. What would be like some of the first memories that you would have of intersecting with this work, our work, you know, Andrew and Living Waters? Like, do, would you... Would oh, you, yeah, you I can get back to you. Kansas City. Okay, yeah. No, no, no. It's way before Kansas City. Okay. So I, um, yeah, I went when it was being housed at Anaheim, probably even before it was housed at Anaheim. Um, but they would do conferences at Anaheim Vineyard. Okay. So um, there was like some big, you know, national conferences that were hosted at Anaheim Vineyard um, mm. that were Desert Stream. And so I was just struck uh, by the power of yeah. God that was um, in those conferences. Mm. Uh, it was some of the most significant ministry time I had ever seen. Wow. Um, so I was just touched by that. A lot of it was about relational brokenness. It wasn't like head on, like we're only dealing with sexuality. I think they made it a soft place to like enter in yeah but i was exposed to all the big speakers at the time and i was affected by it not knowing how much more like and so then that would be in like 90s mm -hmm. and then you go to the 2000s i'm um just in the beginning works of of doing the house of prayer and engaging with young people in the early 2000s so they're like 20 year olds and just realizing, oh, same-sex attraction is now normal. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it doesn't necessarily mean effeminate. It doesn't necessarily mean like, because it was about, I think, I mean, to be honest, I was helping out with the call school, which is Lou Ingalls ministry. Mm -hmm. And he tends to draw pretty, you know, people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> most of them were preacher kids. Mm -hmm. And there were about, I think, 14 guys in it. 10 of them were, were dealing with same-sex attraction. Wow. And when I saw that, I was like, ooh, this is normal. Like, this mm. is not some side, let's put it over in that side room. Oh, no, this is going to be just normal Christianity, wow. that this will be part of our expression, and that um, I better get more educated in this. I better mm. know more. I better read more. I better experience more so that's started my wow. I, I think a, a greater pursuit into this world yeah and then even looking at today there's just been such a deconstruction you know like i mean it's crazy it's insane i, I know we've spoken about this uh, a few times when we've been together but just 
how how sad it is when people um, want to accommodate uh, a disordered sexuality into their Christianity, it begins to deconstruct the Christianity. It's like kind of what wins, you know what I mean? Like it's either Mm -hmm. I give Jesus everything, I surrender everything, or I begin to sort of deconstruct something of the ethos of what this whole Christianity thing is about, you know? And I think we we see that in our friends. And I I know you've seen that too, uh, in in colleagues and whatnot. And what do you think, um, just as a ministry leader, what do you think is what's helping, you know, what helps this from happening? Or is it like, do we need to do some damage control or wait to take its course? And then we be a community of healing when they return? Like, what do you, what do you foresee? What do you, what do you think we need to do? <laughs> I mean, there's so much to say on that, but I do think we do need to start pretty young. I yeah. think we need to equip people very, very young, like mm. eight years old, um, mm. nine years yeah. old, and helping to give language to the body of Christ. So I'm passionate about seeing leaders equipped through a ministry like Desert Stream mm. or um, Theology of the Body. Wait, is that what it's called? Yeah. Theology yeah, of the, the Body. body. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, or any of those types of ministries where language, because yeah. I think language is, we don't want to just be on defense. We want to yeah. be on offense and we want to say, no, I have a worldview and this is my worldview. And it makes sense of my gender. It makes sense of my sexuality and it makes me want wholeness, you know, and it's not, I'm on defense. I'm reacting to culture. I'm mad at you. It's, mm. or, or I really love culture and I want them to accept me. So I'll just give in. It's like, no, I can be myself as a Christian and I know how to do this. Well, the other part um, obviously is just that it become normal language for people to be not in reaction mode. Like, whoa, you're dealing with same sex. Like it wouldn't yeah. be like that. Like right. it would be like, oh yeah, of course I'm dealing with pornography. We sure. all have issues. You know, yeah. it's not like, oh, it's that one. You know what I mean? Like, because as soon as that happens, then people uh, hide and yeah. then they marry and then mm-hmm. boom here it comes you right. know like oh right now we have uh, we're in this whole other mode and so um i think the more the body can open itself up and have equip us through language and then through just openness yeah. um but there's more to say on that. Obviously, this is a no, complex issue. No, yeah. that, that's really helpful. I, li- I like that. Like the language. We also, we want like a, what I'm hearing as you say that, it's like we need an understanding of the human person. We need a language uh, to navigate the inner terrain of the human person, to know what we're made for, who we are. Like a, la- I, I think of that in theology of the body, John Paul. But then we also need a praxis of like, how do we, how do we aspire? To yes, this? <laughs> that's so good. That's you know? great language. Like, how do I yeah. aspire to this beautiful language of being human when I'm pretty fractured? You know? Yeah. Oh, I love that. How have I you mean, intersected? We just, yeah, did, we just did a Living Waters. Yeah, tell us about one, that, Joe. And I was at the I was at the graduation or the last you mm-hmm. know day and hearing graduation. testimonies. We we hand I don't out know diplomas. what to call it. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. I know. Whatever you know. that day is called. <laughs> and um... is... <laughs> I love it. The graduation. Yes, we do hand out <laughs> diplomas at the end. We hand out degrees. No, no, no. just like a banquet. No. You know what I mean. <laughs> 
whatever but there's lots of testimonies it's like good job guys um but in the midst of it they um were just giving testimonies the testimony given the most is wow i've never heard leaders be vulnerable Wow. wow it made it safe to be for me to be vulnerable that was the most common mm. now uh the person who was leading ours or the couple that was leading ours they've been in the in desert stream living waters for i guess just living waters for um t- over 20 years and yeah. they also were blown away by this was the most um ethnically diverse group they've ever had yeah we've had i mean so cross-cultural like every everything you could think of asian um african wow african-american latino and white yeah so so awesome and that because of culture too asian culture Mm -hmm. um i mean white culture is its own thing but asian culture um, African-American culture, church mm-hmm. culture, yeah. as well as even Latino culture. These right. are things you do not talk about. Right. And so it was, I think, I think that's why that was the resonating, like, or what was said the most is, mm. oh, I've never been around leaders that would be this vulnerable yeah. and how inspiring that was. Um, and again, um, yeah, that is part of the praxis is yeah. we have to be vulnerable. Um, yeah. So that was tremendous and yeah it was amazing experience again um we are a place where many churches are represented and we've seen that that is really a tremendous benefit in doing a living waters program Hmm. because now you can have the body of christ involved and you can have those intense volunteers that sometimes aren't in a congregation to Mm -hmm. do a 20-week program and so that's been amazing yeah, and I think I think there's so many there's so many people that intersect in your place, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And why could it not be a healing place too? You know, could it not Amen. also be okay? I worship Jesus. I come here to worship the living God day and night, but I also need healing. And I remember when Andrew and I were really discussing, like, okay, where are we going to have living waters in California? Because we usually just by tradition have living waters in, in churches, you know, with, with, with like traditional churches, you know what I mean? Like churches that have Sunday service, Yeah. but we thought let's make this exception. Like, come on, this one show Allen's incredible. (laughs) And secondly, this place is, is just a, a, an intersection point for a lot of denominations and, and cultures, like you said. And so I'm so happy to hear that this pilot group has been such a success, you know, and that your community is becoming, it is a healing community. Well, not- it is. A, yeah, we're a big healing community. Yes. Meaning we offer three types of inner healing. We've had the river here, which is not, but it was spurred off of. So we've offered these types of things yes. for years. But the 20 week program is, you know, or just that, that it's a longer time. It's amazing offering. Yeah. And guess what? I've wanted to do it for the last 20 years, <laughs> but our beloved Andrew held the line. <laughs> That's <laughs> just right. As recently. So I wanted to be in this healing community I think, for many, I think it, many years. It, I think it took Marco Casanova <laughs> to kind of get something, you know, get the- <laughs> like I was, I mean, I invited Andrew over and over again, partly because I didn't want to him to, I didn't want Desert Stream to lose ground here. Yes, yes. Um, it was it was born here. 
And I was watching it lose ground Mm -hmm. um, throughout the years because I've always sent people to Living Waters and there were less and less offerings. And so I was like, let's keep having him out to inspire (laughs) us because the need isn't going away. It's actually expanding. And if we don't, we need to be in the front of this. So. No, yeah. I agree. I mean, California is is near and dear to our hearts as at as, as, mm-hmm. as, as Desert Stream, and finding a home base for us in a way. I think we I think we see that in Pi Hop. Like this is this is mm-hmm. a, a kind of a California home base for us, you know. So and I'm cool. hoping because of so many congregations represented that the people that are in our midst who become leaders, who become you know volunteers, that they then are motivated to begin other places throughout the city. You know what I mean? So hopefully it's a training place too. Yeah. Like take this back to your community, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and just start something, no matter how small, like just start Mm -hmm. something. That's so great, Cheryl. I mean, I I imagine like California culture, it's tough to stand in clarity in this issue, in the sexual arena, you know, how has that Mm -hmm. been for you? Like as as a woman leader, a powerful woman leader, how has it been for you to stand and say, oh, no, we're clear about the sexual ethic of the gospel? Like, we're not going into big, you know, long discussions and holding panels and going to TED Talks to understand, well, you know, what did Jesus actually mean when it comes to our sexuality? You're saying, oh, no, we, we, know, what, we know what he means. And so we're going to stand in that. I imagine you receive some some kickback in that. A little bit. I would say, though, California is not California if we aren't open-hearted, open-minded. <laughs> and true. so um, if yeah, there's really... clarity, yeah. then they have to receive it, lest they're being hypocritical. Hmm. So uh, meaning this is how I express myself. Are, you're not going to receive it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. then, I mean, I think as long as there's clarity, but if there's a people pleasing, I have to bend in mm-hmm. in order to be relevant. I think there's becomes a lack of clarity. I just want to make this very clear just for anyone who's listening. Mm-hmm. Like the way we receive people who don't know Jesus is so different than the way I, I, um, receive somebody who's been in the church for 20 years. Mm. So like somebody who's totally, you know, has no clarity is Mm -hmm. in a relationship is married, whatever, same sex. And they don't know Jesus. I expect them to act like that. I don't have any other (laughs) expectation for them at all. Like you're lost and the culture is saying, this is awesome. Go Mm. for it. You know, I don't have, but when you're a follower of Jesus mm. and you've been doing that for 20 years, there is a different expectation I have as far as the way you handle your sexuality yeah. before God. Yeah. So I think that that then, because what I've watched is a lot of churches have said, oh, we're so open hearted here, but then they've confused it with oh, now my followers that have been, you know, like the followers of Jesus who've been following for the last, yeah, I'm good with it because we want to receive everyone. And that's not, Jesus is very clear. Yes. We don't, we handle brothers and sisters differently than we handle the world. Right. Because, yeah. So anyway, no, it's my 
that's so my true. clarity there. Yeah. And I, I feel, cause I mean, my least favorite term is gay Christian. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I can't handle when a leader says that from the right. body of Christ. I'm like, you are bringing so much confusion yeah. and it's ignorance that's doing that. It's not, it's just ignorant. Yeah. Because God never defines us through our sexuality. He yeah, I was going to say, Cheryl, if you can e- explain gender. that. Yeah, explain that a little <laughs> bit. You know, I think some listeners are probably like, well, well wait, well, what's so wrong about just being a gay Christian? Why can't I just be a gay Christian? You know? <laughs> because God, when he called us, he called us male, like man and woman. He didn't call us by heterosexual or, you know, that's right. our identity is in our gender, which now is becoming confusing. Mm-hmm. But God knew that that would even be confusing. So he put some our spiritual beings in bodies yes. to help us. So right. when we were confused, we could look down and say, whoa, okay, I know who I am. Right. You know what I mean? Like there right. wouldn't have like, because, but then with the sexuality, I have to choose a Christian worldview that says we do not identify ourselves through our sexuality. Right. We identify ourselves as male, female, or, I mean, again, I don't want to, maybe we'll get too deep. So, but I mean, that, that's where, when we, when we then embrace what Mm -hmm. the culture is doing versus the biblical worldview, and we now get our cues from the culture, yeah. not get our cues from biblical language. The, it, <clears throat> we're just reacting to culture or yes. embracing culture versus being a significant voice. Yes. Crying out right. in a culture saying, no, there's a clear way here. Right. And right. I think if we're not light in this, in this place, if we are also dark in this, in this arena, then, um, I, I think there'll be, I mean, I, yeah, I, no. it's not God's purposes. He wants us to be a clarion call of yes. light yes. in the midst of this, not convoluted, confused. Right. Oh, I don't sure. I'm not sure. Right. No, no, no. There has to be clarity <laughs> and it has to be filled with light. Yes. <laughs> sure. I'm sorry. Wow. I, amen. <laughs> I'm like starting a revival here in my kitchen. This is awesome. I mean, it's so true. It's like, you know, um, uh, you, why why bring in your sociopolitically constructed identifications into your Christianity? Like, why don't you just leave that at the door? Leave that at the cross, you know? Like, mm-hmm. why complicate mm-hmm. it, you know? And like, tag on all these, these words to my Christianity. It's like, okay, gay Christian. It's like, you're trying to, you're trying to mold two worlds together that just don't they don't mix, you know, you're trying to put, put the pagan and the Christian together. It's like, but why can't I just be a Christian who struggles, you know, a Christian with a particular struggle that I need to, I need to surrender to Jesus, you know, and Jesus speaks so, so pointedly about my sexuality. And I, I want, I want to let him into that. You know, I, I remember when I first was coming into like my faith and, and I was in the seminary, long story short, but, um, became a Christian in the seminary, less than optimal, Cheryl, you probably should be a Christian before you enter the seminary. (laughs) (laughs) But there was something about like, I didn't want to let go of my, I think I'm gay thing. You know, it's like, well, why don't you let go of that too? Let go of, let go of all things that you're holding on to. And for some reason it was as if I was holding on to it to say, 
I don't think Jesus can do anything with it. You know, this is just who I am. And, and the Lord was just gently saying, well, like, give that to me as well. Like, give that, give, give me your sexuality, especially like, <laughs> that's like the, one of the core things that we are, you know, that we mm-hmm. are powers of life and love. Give that over to me. So I agree. Amen. We need to be a clarion call in this, in this age of, of a convoluted message. And in, on that note, uh, Andrew and I are coming to Pie Hop October 29th uh, of this year, and and we'll mm. be there for uh, a couple a couple hours, and we're going to be doing a little conference, Courageous Clarity, Rediscovering Our True Selves. So for those interested, please join us. Um, October 29th of this year, we'll be there from, I think, from 12 a.m. to noon. Is that right, Cheryl? I think that's right. Um. Wait, say it one more time from 10 a.m 10 a.m to, to 12 noon on october, yeah. october yeah. 29th that's great yeah and if you need if you need more information just uh go to go to uh the pie hops website and you can you can easily find that what what's the website for pie hop uh cheryl it's just piehop.com or piehop.org okay piehop.com or piehop.org well, Cheryl, thank you so much for being on today. Um, such a gift to have you. We love you at Desert Thanks. Stream. You, your yes has provided a way for people to to encounter Jesus in these pretty difficult areas. And so we we honor you, we thank you, and we're so we're so happy to be partnered with you in this good ministry. Thank you so much. Thank you, Cheryl. I want to say one one more quick thing, just yeah, really quick. Go for it. You know, in Hebrews 11, when it says faith is, is the substance of what we're hoping for, it's mm. the, it's, it's what it's, it's something that is not seen yet, but we're, we're hoping for it. Um, that, and then, and then lives are shared mm. and yeah. it's a book, you know, it's just a chapter of people's lives mm. and that's what we become for one another. We become what Oh, I was hoping that was true. And then we Hmm. see a life and that life's telling us, whoa, it's possible to be married, have children and have wonderful children and wonderful marriage. Like that gives a person hope. You know what I mean? And I've, I've experienced that throughout my life. I was hoping if you really are devoted that God does wonderful things with your life. Hmm. I've seen some pillars throughout my life and they've given me faith. Okay, yes. I can do it. I'm going to give it. I'm going to be that. And so I just see Desert Stream as that, as well as um, the people who are listening to this. You can become that to one yes. another. That um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm that for women leaders. Like mm, yes. I just, Amen. yeah. And I, I just want to inspire people that this is why we do it. It matters. People yes. look at it and they receive hope and faith because of our lives. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Jesus, that he, <laughs> that he actually pursues us and he wants to do that in our lives. You know, mm-hmm. he wants mm-hmm. to give us good things. I was listening to a talk yesterday. Remind me, Cheryl, this wonderful Catholic um, lawyer, and she's like a Catholic speaker. And she, she speaks about like how Jesus was too good to be true for the disciples. They're like, oh my gosh, he's everything we've ever wanted in, in man. <laughs> He has a tenderness, mm. but he's also strong, like the winds and the sea obey. And yet he has such mercy, like he's too good to be true. She kept saying, she's too good to be true. And and he, and she said, she in turn says, 
he wants to do the same in our lives. He wants to make us like almost too good to be true. Like, wow, mm-hmm. like Jesus can do that for me. He can make my life too good to be true. Like he can shift things. He can, he can make things happen that I thought I was disqualified from. It's like, well, wait, Jesus, Jesus is in the business of bringing the dead to life. He can do Amen. that. He can do Amen. that. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Cheryl. Yes. Amen. (laughs) Okay. All right. Until next time, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to Desert Streaming. Uh, Please check out PyHop, PyHop.org, PyHop.com. It's a wonderful ministry. If you're in the California area, you don't want to miss this. You definitely don't want to miss the opportunity to visit. Cheryl, we're so grateful for you, um, and we'll, we'll be praying for you. All right? God bless you. Thank you. Bless you.